Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles QB situation, Washington's COVID problems. Oh, and we'll also preview the matchup between the two teams. But before we do that, Chris, how you doing? Not too bad. Did you sign your agent yet? Because I think Washington might need you with everybody that's out. You know, I mean, if you could play DB or defensive line, I mean, I'm sure uh, somebody could sign you right now. The problem is, is if I were to sign with them, I'd want to be cut before I ever had to go back to FedEx Field, which is the worst place (laughs) in the history of professional football. Uh, It is a terrible place. And, you know, for a little bit of background, all the beat writers and the Eagles beat Chris wasn't able to go to to FedEx last year. None of us. I wasn't either because of COVID protocols, uh, because of week one, like the last minute um, New Jersey put. Uh, Maryland is one of the states of concern. Um, But we're all like kind of giving Chris a hard time because (laughs) he's never been. And just to let you know, Chris is like very optimistic. He's a very positive person. Um, He is not jaded in the slightest. And he's excited to go to, (laughs) he's excited to go to basically anything that involves football. I'm pretty sure if, uh, somebody dropped an ant pile in a football stadium with a miniature football. Chris would be willing to cover it. But oh, yeah, come on. You got to see the wing tee and how the, the ants are performing, how long they block to get that hole open. Yeah. Right. So this would be a worse coverage experience. Uh, the press <laughs> box in Washington is not particularly comfortable. Um, we're seated in the end zone. I'll give you an example. If you remember um, – the 2018 season when Nick Foles had completed nearly a record amount of completions in a row on the one that would have broke the record. Nelson Aguilar and him didn't connect from where we were looking at. It looked like Aguilar dropped the pass. So we, you know, every beat writer tweeted it out. Obviously people watching on TV saw a different angle. It was clear Nick Foles was inaccurate on the throw, and so it created this whole firestorm. But, yes, it is not my favorite place to go. You know, the staff's lovely, everything, you know, the human element is is perfect. It's just from a press box standpoint and from a comfortability standpoint, I wouldn't call it my favorite place. Hey, anyway. The only, worried, the only thing I'm worried about is I've seen the videos of a certain uh, – human fluid that falls out from the pipes. I'm just hoping that doesn't cut pop up in the press box. Everything else, I'll see if wait for that. <laughs> so as long as there's not crap in the press box, Chris is fine. Let the record show. The press Notice. box could be on fire. Chris is like, well, I wonder if they're running a flood concept. Like, oh God. like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Put three reporters on the same side of the press box and see if it gets it out. There you go. (laughs) Man. Anyway. Well, I know we took the the week off. Um, I went to South Florida. Chris hung around and held down the fort. 
Um, we hope you guys had a great bye week. But let's kind of get into this because we start off this week on Wednesday and talk to Nick Sirianni. Obviously, last week with the quarterback situation, there was some, you know, positivity put out there that Jalen Hurts could start. And then as the week kind of went on, it was it became abundantly clear that he was not going to play, in my, in my opinion. Um, and obviously, that's what happened. Now we get back from bye week, and Nick Sirianni is kind of up in the air about Jalen Hurts' availability, even though after the win over the Jets, he said that he expected Jalen Hurts to play this week. Um, it's been reported that he has a high ankle sprain. That's normally a three-week injury. So he's kind of like right on the cusp. Um, uh, Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts split reps in the walkthrough on Wednesday. We're recording this Thursday morning. Um, I'm kind of in the mode of if this team realistically thinks it can make the playoffs, I want everybody as healthy as possible. But this is also a must-win game. So they have to kind of weigh both those things. We'll get into Washington's, like, depleted depth chart in a second. The Eagles should be able to win this game with Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts. Where do you think they should go with this if Jalen Hurts is still feeling the effects of this ankle sprain? I think for me, the one thing I'm looking at is I'm looking at how healthy Washington's going to be. If it's something where right now where Washington has, like, 18 people out, if it's something like that going on, then I'm resting Hurts and letting Minshew get the additional start to make sure he's completely healthy. But if it's something where everybody starts to test back and they have the two consecutive tests, they're asymptomatic and they're back and they're active again, then I'm putting Hurts in if he's, well, I'd probably say even 80, 85% because I feel like you're going to need him through this run, stretch run. I think, especially, I think Minshew did a good job. Don't get me wrong. Minshew did a good job filling in for Hurts against the Jets and, and throwing the ball and everything. But when you look at the potential of what this team needs, they, they, they need Hurts to get experience, especially in pressure situations down the line, NFL, pressure NFL experience down the line. So it's more of the, more of the thought that, hey, you know what, if, Washington just sits everybody down, or they basically have like five practice, five, six, seven practice squad guys on their defense, and I'm letting Minshew get. Uh, I'm basically treating it as a, as another bye week per se for for Hurts to let him get fully fully healthy. But if it's something where everybody's back, then I'm 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 and he's 85. I'm I'm rolling with Hurts. How about you? Here's my concern about playing Hurts against a team full of practice squad players. They have not been playing the game on a week to week basis. So they're going to be sloppy. And so that's my concern. The risk for injury on both sides goes way, way up when you have a bunch of inexperienced players. We see it in the preseason all the time. Um, Their defensive line is depleted. They're missing, you know, obviously Chase Young, who tore his ACL. They're missing Montez Sweat. They're missing Jonathan Allen. They're missing Matt Ioannidis. They are missing uh, Casey Tuhill, the former Eagles draft pick, who's actually been starting for them. Um, they're missing their other starting defensive event, fill-in starting defensive end. Like, they're down to five guys you've probably never heard of in Deron Payne. So uh, they're not in great shape. They're down to three linebackers on their active roster. All three of them, I mean, uh, Cole Holcomb and um, – uh, uh, the kid from Kentucky, Jamin Davis. So, like, they're li- they're they're good at linebacker. Their secondary's never been good, but now they're missing their top corner in in uh, uh, Kendall Fuller, who has made the transition from slot 
corner to starting outside corner. Um, you know, it, I, I just, I have concerns when the only guys that are experienced are your, are your linebackers and a, and a couple of corners, you know what I mean? So, um, those are the type of players that might accidentally not have proper technique on sacks. Those are the guys who might tackle low, um, you know, that's, or, or tackle high. And that's my concern. Um, with Jalen Hurts. That said, you brought in Minshew because you thought when you when you trade for a backup quarterback, you, you want a guy who can win two out of three games, right? Uh, that's generally the thought process. You know that they're not going to take you to the playoffs if they're out the entire season. Um, but you want a guy who can come in and potentially bridge the gap. And I think that's what Minshew can do. Minshew should be able to beat this this Washington team with the problems that they have up front on defense. They also have injuries at left tackle uh, with Charles Leno, who's played pretty well. Um, they're going to be missing their starting center. Um, their starting right tackle is also on the COVID list. Like there, It could be a situation where they have one true starter on the line Um, their running game is still pretty effective. Antonio Gibson's a really good player. Um, they still have all their wideouts except for Terry McLaurin, who's dealing with a concussion. I think he'll end up playing probably, but obviously you won't know that unless you figure out, well, unless you're his personal neurologist, but chances are that he might play. Heineke's going to play even though he's battling a knee and ankle or a knee and an elbow injury. Um, He's a guy who's going to turn the ball over a bit and make some radical throws, but I think he's very competent. I was a huge fan of his coming out of the draft. Um, I always fall in love with like a late round quarterback, and he was the guy that I just like. His footwork was was fantastic. I I just really liked his poise in the pocket. I thought his mobility was very good, and he's showing it really you know midway through his career. Um, but back to Jalen Hurts. If he can't be effective as a runner, I don't want him on the field. If I'm if I'm the Eagles, right? Because you're winning with this running game, and the running game was still effective even without him. Like the strategy for this game should be the same thing as the strategy against the Jets. Take what the defense gives you, run the ball. Now, that said, Washington is typically a top six rushing defense. They've been very good against the run. That said, all the guys up front who have played well against the run aren't there. So, except for Deron Payne, who is very good. So, that's my thought process. Either way, with the quarterback situation, I think you have to go with the Jets strategy. What do you think, Chris? Well, I think, yeah. I mean, looking back, I I, I looked at the game last night and uh, between the last game between Dallas and Washington, what the Cowboys were able to do is they – basically ran the ball early on down their throats. And the one thing that if they decided to, the Eagles do decide to pass that they could have some success on was once they got about a few, a couple good runs, about six, seven, eight yards a pop, which they were able to do even against like most of that defensive line that was there, that the linebackers sold hard. I mean, they bit hard on a play action boot. So, and, and it opened up things downfield for, for Washington. So, I think that you're right. They have to continue to run the ball downfield. And the other thing they should do, and, and, and mentioned with the taking the ball, giving taking what you're given, 
the running backs are going to have could have a field day catching the ball against Washington. There were times when Elliott was leaking out the backfield, even like a little outlet swing pass, or even like five ten yards, where he basically the wash uh, where the Cowboys sent everybody downfield, just had him one on one against a linebacker, and they could uh, they uh, Elliott caught one, and it could have had about like three of uh, three of them for like about like. 10, 15, 20-yard gains, especially with these backs, with the speed they have matching up against linebackers and safeties, they can have a field day. So whoever's a quarterback, as long as they're patient and just see that opportunity, they can take take that. But it's all predicated on establishing the run, being physical up front, and wearing this Washington team down. Yeah, I mean, look, <clears throat> I think Nick Sirianni is going to be tempted by the pass here, but he really has to show – some some patience with this running game because that's what's winning him games. Now, Washington has allowed more passing touchdowns than any team in the league, defense in the league. And they're also now going to be without their top corner. So there is going to be a, there is going to be an interest in pushing the ball down the field. I get that. They do need to get Devontae Smith involved. But like you said, that has to come with play action. That has to come with bootlegs. Like, there has to be motion before the throw, if that makes sense. And you have to sell the run. And you can do that with Minshew. Minshew can pick up yardage on the ground. I just think this can't be a game where Minshew's throwing 30 times. Like, you would ideally like to keep passes under 30 and do five to seven targets to Devontae Smith, right? Like, Quez Watkins, we should mention, is on the COVID reserve list. If he's out of the game, you definitely want to keep the passing situations limited to points where you feel like you can beat them with matchups. I think this is a big game for Dallas Goddard. I'm guessing that they're probably going to put Landon Collins on him. Landon Collins is terrific. This is a huge mismatch. So is Bobby McCain versus versus him, their free safety. Uh, If they decide to put um, uh, the kid from – that was with Cincinnati, the former first-round pick. I'm I'm blanking on his name. Um, uh, They just signed him this this year. Sorry. Oh, duh. Uh, William Jackson. So William Jackson's got really good speed, but I think Devontae Smith can beat him with his technique. I do think you're going to have to get one other wide receiver involved, whether that's J.J. or Sickle Whiteside, whether that's Jalen Rager, um, whether that's John Hightower, who we assume will be the guy who's boosted from the practice squad. Um, I mean, that's going to have to be a thing, right? So... I mean, maybe Greg Ward. Greg Ward has had a history of playing well against Washington. Maybe this is the this is the game where you see a lot of stuff from the slot, where Greg Ward's the starting slot receiver. You have um, Jalen Rager at Z, and then you have Devontae Smith at X, and then you rotate Smith to Z, and then uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to X. I think this is a game for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. We didn't see a lot of him against the Jets, but I think he's a guy who can win his matchups one-on-one because the, Washington has really small corners. They like – Corn Elder is very small. Uh, William Jackson is small. Danny Johnson's not that big. Daryl Roberts, I don't believe, is that tall either. Yeah, he's six foot one ninety. So, like, you have a size advantage, at, you know, at the wide receiver position. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I would like to keep limit. Honestly, ideally, if Gardner Minshew throws 25 passes, I'm happy. 
right? Like that would be my goal. If he can go 18 to 25 for like 230 and two tutties, I think you're in good shape. But I do think this is the game where you really need to lean on Miles Sanders. We saw him have a, uh, a career game last, uh, against the Jets. Similar situation here. Feed him the ball. It looks like Jordan Howard is likely going to play. He practiced for the first time uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, I'm riding this running game, like riding it, especially if Jordan Howard's playing. You know, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, even Kenny Gainwell. I'm keep. Oh, by the way, I'm keeping Kenny Gainwell active. I'm using him as a wide receiver if I have Jordan Howard in the lineup. I'm putting him in the slot. I'm creating mismatches. I think they've been holding off on that for this stretch run. But as I continue this diatribe, how do you attack this Washington defense from your perspective, Chris? Well, yeah, I think you just go. You you hammer the ball. You go between the tackles for for a few the first few series you hammer the you beat them up on the inside because even though these guys are they're on the list they're not going to be really in the flow of everything if, if they come back they're not going to be in the flow they're not going to really be in tune and won't have that those practice reps i mean everything's virtual so they're not really truly getting the facilities right they're not using everything that they're normally a, a, attuned to so it might be a little bit before they feel like they're Get, to get into the flow of the game. So you just smash them right in the mouth early on. And then from there, then I think you attack the middle of the field with Dallas Goddard, especially up the seams. Because I think you can, you, you mentioned earlier, he's got those, I guess, matchups that Goddard has, and he has those abilities to win those mismatches. So I think you put it in the middle there. I don't know if you dress four running backs. I mean, I can see them doing that if, uh, if, if push comes to shove and Watkins is out. But I, I think, yeah, you mentioned 25. 25 is a good number. I'd probably go even 20 in this game. I'm trying to basically run the ball down, run this clock out, and get get the heck out of Dodge as soon, as quick as possible because this, especially if you don't have to necessarily put your guys out there and and basically risk range. Because I, I think the Eagles jump out early. And that's another thing, too. I think they really can jump. If they get into a lead early on, Washington, I don't think, is equipped with how they play. I don't think they can really truly mount a comeback. I know they came back late against Dallas, but I really don't think they that can be sustained. I don't think they can do it on a consistent basis, or I think that was more of an aberration. But I'm running the ball between the tackles. I'm using I'm, – heck, I'm using the screen game too. I'm using the wide receiver screens as ex- and basically just throwing it out there quick to Smith, and I, I – I, I, try at least one with Rager just to get him involved for the ball. I know that's not going to be where he wants to hear, but I'd try at least a one or two with Rager with those quick screens just to throw the deep. And especially if Watkins is out, you got to still have, you're going to need Rager to step up in this game, at least to be a threat. You're going to have to target him once deep. You really have to, at least to soften those safeties up so you can get so that Smith and Goddard can truly have work things underneath. But you're, so you're going to need him to at least make an effort and at least be in the right position and line up right there. But I think overall, I think the main thing is going to be run, 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 screen, and, and work the middle of the field with Goddard. And I think the team will have success in able to do that. And I think when we flip the field, right? So when we we take another look at the uh, the off the Eagles defense versus Washington offense. Listen, Heineke is very good at taking what the defense gives him. We have seen in the past that that's typically not a good recipe for the Eagles. So they're going to need a blitz. They're going to need to force pressure on him. They're going to need to force him to 
throw interceptions. He's got 12 on the season uh, in 12 starts. So you feel kind of good about that. Um, the Eagles have been good at creating turnovers for the most part since the first four weeks of the season. Um, look, we talked about the running game. <clears throat> the linebackers are going to have to play sound football. I think this plays into a lot of what TJ Edwards can do. That said, Gibson and JD McKissick, who's dealing with an injury, are both very good catching the ball out of the backfield. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. They're going to need guys to flow to the ball. Would not be shocked if Sean Bradley got a little bit more play in this one um, from that perspective, especially in the red zone. Um, and then you look at wide receiver. If Terry McLaurin's playing, that's an amazing, or at least a fun matchup to watch versus Darius Slay. This will be his one of his bigger tests of the season. Um it's going to be interesting to see how that that goes. Outside of McLaurin, they have Adam Humphreys in the slot. I think uh, Maddox matches up well there. Curtis Samuel's a guy who can do a little bit of everything, but he's coming off an injury, and he's not really a guy I'm, I would be too concerned about, especially with how well Steven Nelson tackles. Um, and then they have a bunch of whatever guys. They also have former Eagles returner slash wide receiver DeAndre Carter, who's actually turned into a pretty good role player. Um, he's going to be dangerous on kick returns and, and punt returns. At tight end, they're missing um, their their superstar uh, tight end, Logan Thomas. They're down to Ricky Seals-Jones, a crafty veteran. He's just not that great. Uh, and then they have a rookie, John Bates, who's made some plays. On the offensive line, like I said, Charles Leno is be- dealing with an injury. Or sorry, yeah, he's dealing with a back injury. Um, they have uh, Cornelius Lucas, who's the starting right tackle. He's on the COVID list, um, and then their starting center, Tyler Larson, is dealing with a with an injury too. So this is just kind of like a hodgepodge of of like terribleness for them. Uh, Sadiq Charles, who I liked at LSU, he's probably going to play left or right tackle, depending on what Leno's deal is. Um, they have Eric Flowers, who's been inconsistent throughout his career. How are you attacking this, uh, this Washington offense, Chris? Well, the main thing I think the blueprint is you, you just have to put consistent pressure on there. And, and especially, I think, there may be time the Eagles like to bring just four guys, and sometimes they bring guys off the edge in the corner like Avante Maddox or they bring Singleton up the middle. I think you're just going to have to attack them from all different fronts because the one thing that Heineke, especially with he's dealing with the knee, which isn't the issue, but it's like the elbow like might be the one that's lingering, to be, to force him to start running around and not feeling comfortable and and trying to have to throw the ball quickly in a way, he's going to put that ball up there in positions to force to create some turnover opportunities. So the main thing I'm probably going to do, if, if, if I'm Jonathan Gannon, is I'm going to bring pressure everywhere. I'm, I'm going to re- first, I want to hope your front four can in, in disguise it too. You get those stunts, you can just basically on the, and then back in the secondary, just starting to do different, do different coverage looks. So by the time that ball snapped Heineke's got Heineke feels like he's under pressure he he can't really step up in the pocket pocket because he's dealing with that knee and then add the insult to injury pardon the pun but to add insult to injury to try to throw the ball is it may not be as accurate as it normally is so I think those things are going are going to work into the Eagles favor and, and one thing that also I thought that you, you can do against this this uh, Washington offense is you have to play when it comes to the run game just play play the gap soundly because the one thing is it you can you can i think there 
the one thing you could, I think you could still stop Gibson easily in this game because if he looks, he's looking to bounce for a hole. He, he's going to try to run north south and then immediately try to bounce the hole to the outside. It seems like whatever, whenever I look like the last couple of games, it just seems like that's his mo. But if you, if the Eagles' defensive tackles, especially in the defensive ends, can play that contain and make sure he doesn't bounce out inside, they can basically put him in a little bubble and hold him like two, three yards of carry, and that's going to just put. Washington and second and eights and third and longs. And from there, that's when you really start to get the, you really, really put the pressure on Heineke. And, and especially, so he's still young too. So he, he still hasn't seen a lot of stuff. So they scheme up the defense the right way. If they play technically sound and, and play disciplined in the run game, I think you really can have some success against this Washington offense. So give me your score, Chris. I'm going to go 27 17 with the caveat that that score is going to be with uh, at least half of those guys come back. If it's not, this game can be unreal. But it, it, I want to say, I'm going to, I'm just going to be confident to say 27 17, but I just hope this doesn't turn into Joe Webb game number two. It just gets that weird feel to it. And especially if uh, something hap- something crazy happens and everybody's out, but all of a sudden Heineke just lost, they, they, they have that circle of the wagons mentality and rally around, and it can get weird really quickly. Yeah, What's your I, score, man? I, I don't. I don't think Sirianni can have guys think this way, especially after the Giants game. I think the Giants game was the epic letdown. Um, but yes, if they were to lose this game, especially with all these guys out, this would be one of the worst losses in team history, especially against a division rival at home. I have it twenty-eight to tw- uh, to twenty. Um, I do think there will be some makeup garbage time scoring. I think the Eagles get up like 21 to to like three, and then you see Washington try to chip away. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But anyway, guys, make sure you sign up for Eagles Extra. That's nj.com slash tax, two weeks free. You get to hear from Chris and me on a daily basis. We'll break the news. We'll give you news before it hits Twitter. We'll give you our in-depth analysis that only you will get. We'll also do some exclusive Q&As, especially during the offseason with draft season on its way. That's nj.com slash text for Eagles Extra. Also, make sure to subscribe to the No Huddle Show podcast wherever you get your podcast. We love being in your earbuds. For Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon.